Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Between Two Gamers. I'm Liv, and as always, I'm joined by my man, Fruy. What are we talking about on this Wednesday morning, afternoon, whenever you are listening to this podcast? It's going to be The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. What? Why do you think we're talking about this this week? Is there like a, is there something going on with that or something? Just a little sequel on Friday. What? Who would have guessed? Not me. Disclaimer, similar to our Dead Island episode. (laughs) I haven't played this game, but don't worry. You'll get your proper analysis. We will be joined by Games with John and James to discuss Breath of the Wild. This will be a spoiler cast. There will be spoilers. As we discuss the plot, gameplay mechanics, and look ahead to Tears of the Kingdom. So, before we... Hop on with them. We'll do a little plot recap that has spoilers, just in case you missed that the first four times I said it, of Breath of the Wild. So, let's get to it. Kick it off, Fruz. So, Breath of the Wild takes place at the end of Zelda's timeline in the Kingdom of Hyrule. In ancient times, the ancient Sheikta race had developed Hyrule into an advanced civilization protected by four divine beasts and an army of guardians. When an ancient evil known as Calamity Ganon appeared and threatened Hyrule, four great warriors were given the title of champion. Each piloted one of the divine beasts to weaken Ganon, while the princess with the blood of the uh, goddess, our appointed knight, fought and defeated, sealing him away. Long time after, roughly ten millennia later, the Kingdom of Hyrule had since regressed into a medieval state. Reading their ancestors' prophecies, Hyrule's people recognized the signs of Ganon's return and excavated surrounding areas to uncover the divine beasts and guardians. During this time, Princess Zelda, trying to awaken and s- the sealing magic needed to defeat Ganon, while trying to maintain her personal research. She's a busy woman. In the meantime, a knight was appointed to protect her. You might recognize him, so his name's Link. He was chosen due to his ability to wield the Master Sword, which, if you did not know, is also called the Sword That Seals Darkness. The being sought out by Zelda, the champions Mifa, Princess of the Aquatic Zora, Rivali, the Archer of the Birdlight Ritu, Daruk, Warrior of the Mountains, Goron, and Obosa, the Chief of the Desert Dwelling Greedo, assembled to pilot the Divine Beasts while Zelda and Link would face Ganon directly. However, on Zelda's 17th birthday, Ganon possessed the Guardians and Divine Beasts, turning them against Hyrule. King Rom and the Champions were killed. Much of the kingdom was laid to waste and Link was gravely wounded, protecting Zelda while on their way to Fort Hateno. Zelda had Link taken to safety for him to heal, hid the Master Sword in the Karoke Forest. I apologize if I am butchering these names. Under the protection of the Great Deku Tree and used her light magic to seal herself and, and Ganon in Hyrule Castle. This cataclysmic tragedy came to be known over time as the Great Calamity. A century after being placed in a healing chamber in the Shrine of Resurrection, an ansemetic link awakens and now ravaged Hyrule. He meets an old man who eventually reveals himself as a lingering spirit of King Rome. Rome explains that Ganon, sealed in Hyrule Castle, has grown stronger. He pleads for Link to defeat Ganon before his reign is in full strength. He breaks free and destroys the world. Dun, dun, dun. Link reunites with Impa. Uh, how do you how do you say that word? Impa. Now, I can read the word Impa, <laughs> the name of the race of the people in this game. Sheikta. Who previously served the royal family, <laughs> and she instructs him to free the divine beasts. Link travels across Hyrule, returning to locations from his past and regaining his memories. Link boards the four divine beasts and purges them of the Blight Ganons, freeing the captive spirits of the Hyrule's fallen champions and allowing them to pilot the divine beasts once again. In his endeavor, Link is assisted by Sidon, the Zora Prince, 
Mifa's younger brother, Yunibo, Daruk's cowardly descendant, Tiba, a Ritu warrior, and Ruju, the child chief of Greedo. After obtaining the Master Sword from the Crocut Forest, Link enters Hyrule Castle and confronts Ganon. The Divine Beasts weaken him, and after Link defeats him, he transforms into the Dark Beast Ganon in an attempt to destroy the world. Zelda gives Link the Bow of Light, which allows him to weaken Ganon enough for Zelda to seal him away, restoring peace and allowing the spirits of King Rohan and the champions to depart to the afterlife. Sensing their presence, Link and Zelda smile fondly. So cute. If players have found all 13 memories in the Captured Memories main quest, they will unlock a post-credit cutscene in which Zelda declares that Hyrule must be rebuilt and that she and Link must begin the process by themselves as Link and Zelda survey Hyrule and embark to restore it. And perhaps beyond its former glory, the princess confides in him that although her powers may have dwindled over time, she has come to terms with it. And that is the story of Breath of the Wild. So there you have it. And that's it for this week's episode. Just kidding. We are going to throw to our conversation with Games with John and James to discuss this game in greater depth. We're here with Games with John and James to discuss Breath of the Wild. James, John, thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. I know it's uh, early for uh, a couple of you. (laughs) Absolutely my pleasure. But, you know, I've I've been up since like five, so it's totally cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, we know these uh, Sunday morning episodes, uh, you know, some people don't want to wake up on their day off, so we appreciate it. So, thank you guys for coming on, and I'm excited to learn more about this game. But before we totally jump it right into it, are you guys generally Zelda fans, or was this the first Zelda game that you played? James, you you can go first. I'll have a bit more to say, I'm sure. Uh, so the first Zelda game I ever played was the original back on the NES, the OG Legend of Zelda. Uh, I begged my dad nonstop to let me play because he was like, no, you're going to break it. Don't do it. And then finally he let me play and that literally consumed an entire summer of my childhood. And I've been playing ever since with the exception of Skyward Sword. That game, no. (laughs) (laughs) You got to throw Skyward Sword under the bus. Everybody has to. Oh, is it the worst title? It's genuinely seen as like the one that definitely holds your hand the most. And a lot of people are just kind of like, okay, this is not open. This is not fun. Like everything besides the actual game itself is fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like every That's JRPG, funny. James. Anyway. Oh, okay. Wow. Gloves are off already, man. I get my digs in. You got on me on the last episode, which people will hear every Monday whenever you want to watch it. <laughs> oh goodness! I'll take it that you're a you're a fan of Zelda as well, John. Uh, yes. So I while I wouldn't say like my first console was the NES, we definitely had an NES. So I saw people play the original uh, Legend of Zelda and the Adventure of Link. Uh, I always wanted to play them. I was never good at them, but. Uh, we didn't get a Super Nintendo, so I couldn't really get Link to the Past. But I would say my true first experience with Zelda that was my own was Ocarina of Time, which I'm sure was a lot of people's as well. That put me on the path of like, wow, these are genuinely wonderful adventure games. And so I played Majora afterward. Uh, I skipped Wind Waker, came back at Twilight Princess, skipped Skyward Sword. And then when Breath of the Wild came out, uh, I was just smitten from day one because they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a different thing. And I'm like, Nintendo never does that. How about, I want to see what this is about. Free, which is your uh, first Zelda game? Majora's Mask. And then I went back on the NES, because I got the mini NES and SNES classics, so they were both on them. So I went back and started. Ooh, yeah, I'll say Link to the Past was definitely one of my favorites, because that was when, around the turn of the time, where emulation was really big, and so I was like, oh, you can, play, you, you can tell me I can play Super Nintendo games all the time I want? Cool. I very vaguely remember playing a Zelda game on the Nintendo 64 and that might have been the only <laughs> only game that I played and I I remember there being a forest and that's my only memory of okay. playing a Zelda game was there a guy in green that you controlled yes okay that, we're <laughs> on the right track <laughs> so uh that is the only Zelda memory I have I'm uh, I don't recall anything about it i just remember walking around a little forest village but that's all i got for you guys 
Okay. <laughs> so, so true Zelda first experience. You're gonna. So this episode is basically the three of us mansplaining Zelda to you. This is gonna be wonderful. <laughs> hey, I'm here to learn more about why maybe I should pick up this game because I feel like everyone talks about it all the time, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I haven't picked it up. But you know, this is a positive Zelda episode, mind you. Yes. So let's talk about what we liked about it. I've heard very good things about the combat of this game with uh, melee durability and such. So I'll throw to you guys to tell me about how the combat worked and everything. So uh, if I may, because just, I think I would, I would see myself as a person who understands game mechanics and have studied it very, you know, I've studied it before, worked in it with a little while and done like, I really pay attention to what actually works within these games. And so the evolution of Zelda combat from like day one, where you're just a little 2D guy stabbing at pixels upward up to the advent of Z targeting and being able to shoot in all directions and doing the sword moves in 3D. Uh, Breath of the Wild was a breath of fresh air because it was very simple, but it also enabled you to do a lot of like simple things strung together. So you see these compilation videos out there where people will freeze an enemy, knock them in the head, send them flying, shoot them with an arrow, uh, deflect and parry and like just dodge perfect dodge things and take down massive guardians. So the the flexibility and the freedom you have through these really simple mechanics is really just a godsend for what they were trying to do, which was to do everything differently. So people will compare it to things like, oh, it's like the Souls games where it's just dodge and hit. Like, yeah, but that's every game. Every game is dodge and hit. <laughs> that's all you do. Yeah, no, it's uh, so the combat in the game, that was the thing that I enjoyed the most because it was just like free creativity. Uh, Like I would give myself little challenges. I'd be like, I'm going to see if I can launch myself with a bomb and then just rain death on things. Uh, (laughs) I hated the durability. I will wholeheartedly admit it's like, oh, look, I got the master sword and it's broken. One second. Let me go back and repair. That was not fun. Outside of that, combat was fun. I will contend because the weapon durability system, while I don't think it's very great either because it's a it's a tempered blade made of steel. How, why does it break after 30 minutes? But at the start <laughs> of the game, you're like hitting bo- like bokoblins and stuff with brooms and sticks and rocks. So I kind of get it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there could have been like, maybe this is the one time in a, in a game where I'd be like, what if you could repair your weapons or craft stuff? And I thought, oh God, what are you saying, John? <laughs> what do you remember about the combat i enjoyed it like it was it did take you kind of dark souls he's trying to learn patterns uh i quite enjoyed when you could eventually parry stuff and mm. try and take out the guardians um but if you nailed that there was a nice little feeling afterwards that you managed to actually pull it off despite dying like 50 times before that but the durability i kind of get uh i do think they could tweak it slightly but uh, overall I i've never heard solid. this game compared to dark souls and that just threw me <laughs> like, i just never compared the two every time i hear breath of the wild people are always comparing it to horizon forbidden oh. or horizon zero dawn Interesting. never heard a dark never heard a dark souls comparison ever <laughs> this, this doesn't lend credence to what you think james just so you know <laughs> hey james what do you think i mean uh, yeah, I, james what do you I, think Hey, I'll give a hot take. Uh, It is legitimately like Horizon Zero Dawn, only the world is just a little more empty. That's not what you said. Well, I love Horizon. (laughs) That is exactly what I said yesterday. No, I said that's not what you said last night. The joke went over your head. Anyway. (laughs) So, weapon durability, people are out on that in games. There's no repairing and no crafting in this game. No, you just kind of build up like you're carrying around like 60 swords and 20 spears because you have to expand your inventory to hold these things together. You're also carrying an infinite number of food that you can cook into stuff to make your, give yourself buffs and recipes to make yourself more resilient and give yourself more hearts and stuff. So it feels like this game was built off of a lot of very simple systems that you just rack and stack on top of one another. And they didn't think like, well, what if the Master Sword didn't break and you could just repair it? It's like, Oh, like there there was no thought like that. 
Infinite Pockets. That sounds like The Sims. I'm bringing mm-hmm. on all the game references. That's my favorite thing about The Sims. You could just like pull a refrigerator out of your pocket if you when wanted Sh- to. When Shigeru Miyamoto went to EA Redwood Studios and saw The Sims, he was like, oh. And he was like, I want to make sure you can take everything with you wherever you go. Zelda? Yes. It needs this. There you go. Is there a character customization at all in this game? Yes, there is actually. Uh, I feel like I'm dominating the conversation here, but you can find various uh, armor sets and clothing sets. You can dye your clothes and stuff. Uh, There's even references to other Zelda games you can find, like the Tunic of the Wild eventually, where it looks like the the brown-sleeved, like, you know, green tunic from the original Zelda game. So there's a lot of stuff like that in there. Yeah, they they give you pretty much infinite possibilities. So like whenever you might be getting bored going one way or the other, there's always something there that kind of like drags you back in, be it the customization, trying to create whatever wonky thing you want, or being like me, trying to rain death on everything. There's always something for everybody. Mm. There you go. So you can play it like a warmonger or you can play it like, you know, a good person. <laughs> That's funny. Free, do you have any like armor or anything that you remembered wearing and liking? The the barbarian set was pretty cool. Oh hell yeah! Well, having the, these sets... like, wearing the school and having the horns come round, it was very mm. rugged, to say the least. Hmm. So, do these armor sets have different set like perks and such, or is it just purely like this is what I look like and here's a fashion show? It's it depends on what you wear. Uh, I know that there was. Uh, you could find masks of various enemies and you could pretty much camouflage yourself and like embed with them. So like on the subject of what outfits to wear, I would often wear like the tunic of the wild or, wild or the, or like the Royal guard accoutrement where you have like these really nice fancy clothes, but then I'll wear the Lionel mask on top of it. So I'm just out there standing like, like this in, in the wild. <laughs> and the cool thing is, is the longer you wear that mask, the Lionel's are just kind of like, oh. <laughs> and they don't, I don't attack you. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing about this game so far. So, I mean, the big question for you then, Liv, are you going to play Breath of the Wild before Tears of the Kingdom? Or are you just going to dive in blind? Well, um, why, if, uh, to counter that, I was going to ask if, can you hop into Breath of the Wild without knowing anything about Zelda? Or is it encouraged that you've played the other titles? It's a little bit of both. So you could definitely hop in just totally blind. You'll be fine because it it exists as its own kind of entry, comparatively speaking, to any of the other titles. You can hop into any of them if you want. If you want a little bit of understanding more behind mechanics, behind the who's, the what's, the where's, and the why's, try some of the other titles because it will help when it comes with the story and like the layout. But it is something you can go in blind. Like, actually, you should totally go in blind. I want to see this. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for you saying you don't have to play the other titles? You're always team. You don't have to play the other titles, though. So that's not really surprising. No, well, no, because you don't really have to. Like, it's kind of the point of this one was to introduce more people to Zelda to open it up because it's not your traditional Zelda. What do you mean by that? So like the it's not as puzzle heavy, I guess in comparison to the others, and obviously it gives you more of an open world feel. The graphics is not like your top down from the classic SNES days, that sort of stuff. What if that was a thing you could do though? That'd be awesome. Yes, like the old school uh, Master Chief collection, just a little button flick it, go back to pixels. <laughs> oh, but, um, that's a thing. On the Master Chief Collection, yeah, it takes you back to the OG graphics. But um, yeah, it's it's a good entry point. You'll get a nice feel for it. And there's no way you'll go back and play the other ones because you are a graphics snob. So (laughs) just get on with it. He's now he's speaking the facts. He's speaking the facts. I I take that. Take that to heart. It's all good. I'm not upset about that because it's true. I have a very, very hard time going back and playing old games. I, I really struggle with that. I, I will <laughs> say my heart is broken here. I will. I will say, uh, if I may, I am the one who will say that aesthetics will always serve graphics. So when you look at something that's rendered in the way that a game like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom is, this very 
abstract impressionist type of way of rendering their graphics with the bloom and the shadings and all the stuff like you know when you look at a game like ultimate ninja storm for you know playstation 3 and the the naruto fighting games that have the anime look like that's a very distinct look that they try to achieve with their graphics not necessarily bad but they look a certain way because it serves the aesthetics of the thing they're trying to make whereas if you go back and play n64 you're just kind of like oh god (laughs) This is muddy and blurry and there's fog everywhere and it's running at 20 frames a second. This is crazy. I'm notoriously bad at playing old games because like I tried to play Dragon Age and I was like pretty into it, but like I just couldn't get past like how it looked. <laughs> and after 30 hours, it's like I can't do it anymore. I would love to see you play Half-Life. Oh my God. <laughs> Actually, I've, I've heard very good things about that. Crow oh, Half-Life. Oh, Chrono Trigger? Well, pixels pixels and polygons are different. And no, 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 no. Yes, they are. You should play the best game of all time, Liv. Go play Chrono Trigger. I got a lot to handle with games (laughs) to play right now. (laughs) I'm taking a break from our Resident Evil segment because um, I need a break from Resident Evil. Resident Evil is a heavy, heavy... Which one were you playing? Um, So we've been doing this thing where I play all the games in order. Oh, uh, the mainline game. So we just finished five. And after that, I was like, I need a break because I've heard horrible things about six. And I Ooh. did not really enjoy Resident Evil five. And I haven't enjoyed a couple of these titles now. So I, I'm doing a cleanse. But don't worry, dear listener, we will get back to that this summer. I, I, your girl needs a break. A Resident Evil cleanse. I'll play some Dragon's Dogma or Monster Hunter. Some other <laughs> Capcom game. <laughs> I've been playing Dead Space uh, remake. So that's been fun and scary, but you know, I digress. So, so, so I see you're a horror fan. Okay, cool. <laughs> I do like horror. I missed out on a lot. Oh, this is such a sidetrack. I missed out on a lot of uh, classic horror games as a child because I just wasn't allowed to play them or wasn't aware that they were a thing. So I'm really excited about Silent Hill 2 because everyone talks about that game and I've never played it. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how the heck they're going to redo that game. Like, how? That, the gameplay of that game is walking and solving really esoteric puzzles. And there you have it. <laughs> hey, just make the kids do what we used to do. Figure it out? Exactly. Huh. All right. We have Google now, James. So <laughs> Can we, can we swear on this show, by the way? Yes, yes, yes. Was, okay, fuck them kids. <laughs> So, bringing it back to Zelda after that little sidetrack, I've heard amazing things about exploration in this game. Yes. For uh, climbing specifically and the open world feel of the game. So what do you guys have to say about uh, exploration? Is it truly one of the best exploration experiences? I'm just going to nod my head while everybody else answers questions. It's uh, so the exploration is like really fun. It's one of those games that act like Nintendo Nintendo was literally like, let's let you do everything. And from the climbing, um, finding weird ways to get your horse up the mountain, like you name it, you can do it and explore. So, I mean, I appreciated that. Like, it is always awesome to like leap off the mountain and just like blow things up. So, I mean, everybody, I, I like to blow things up case in point in this game. So like I would always try and find the highest spot and I would just basically suicide dive onto enemies. That's what you do in every open world game. You always find the highest points. Like, I wonder if I could jump from here to there. That's what exactly. you do. I was, I was going to say finding things to do with your horse and stuff. I'm like, it's like Skyrim, but it works. Yeah. It doesn't work in Skyrim. Well, Skyrim is uh, you can find some videos of uh, <laughs> horse climbing. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> Skyrim's another game I kind of missed out on in the past. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, nah, I know, I know. I get I get shit on all the time for the games I haven't played over the years, but I'm content with the way my life's going, so it's fine. <laughs> See, I'm a person with a happy life. I don't need to play video games like you. <laughs> I, I just like playing The Last of Us 25 times, so there you go. <laughs> okay, this episode is over. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> uh, Bruce, what do you have to speak to for exploration? I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that like you have a stamina bar, so you can't obviously go climbing the biggest things at the start of the game, trying to work out the towers and stuff like that. But again, like paragliding, just seeing how far you could get. So, like you said earlier, climb to the highest thing, jump off, and just pick some out in the distance and see how close you could get to that. Mm, definitely, it sounds like you guys made your own challenges for yourselves while exploring. <laughs> 
I would say so, definitely. I was just like, I want to start this fire. Where can I go from here? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, 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 from what I kind of did before, what I said before, where you kind of see it as this progression from someone who's played like Zelda 1 up to now, the exploration in a lot of these games, you play the first game and you can literally go anywhere. You might die, but you can literally go anywhere. And this felt like a return to that form because up until that point, onward to like a link to the past, uh, Ocarina of Time and notoriously Skyward Sword, it was very plotted and you were basically told you, were go you will go here, you will do this thing in this order and you'll deal with it. So when they said, oh, you just, you know, there's a tutorial area and then when you're here, just go nuts. Like that was the most liberating and like very intoxicating thing about playing a game, actually being told that you can go anywhere because there are still games that claim to be open world and that it just doesn't it does nothing is conducive to go and actually go out and explore that world so when you're like okay it's a mountainous area with forests and trees and rocks and temples and stuff go find it so just even being presented with that at the beginning of a zelda game with all of the like the just the heft of what the actual legacy of the zelda games is is really freaking cool so the other titles are linear games this is the first open world game first truly open world game because you could in ocarina of time you'd go into like hyrule field and you could like you can go left and right but really you need to go to the castle <laughs> it's stuff like that okay i've heard great things about the climbing in this game and everyone's like i wish the climbing was like breath of the wild so is it just free form you could climb anything in the most ridiculous fashion or is it yeah. actually sensible yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is no you can jump on it you can hold it unless it's raining <laughs> Yeah. Ah, well, slippery. Slippery Rain and wet. Come on. Come on, Link. You get the Zora tunic and swim through the puddles. Come on. Cuban Jovi. We we, we live in a <laughs> we live in a magic world where there are fish people and rock eating people that live in volcanoes. And you're telling me you can't grab a rock when it's raining? Come on. I love that. That's hilarious. Use some freaking like elf magic and be like, I can grip. Boom, boom, boom. Or like climbing club. I'm, I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting annoyed with this thing I've made up. <laughs> <laughs> it happens sometimes. I gotta, I gotta zhuzh. I'm all verklempt right now. Ugh. Were there missions in Breath of the Wild that you guys remember being the most fun? Or if you hated any, you could shout out the ones that you hated. But I, I want to hear more about some of these quests. The Lost Woods. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? Escorting the little, <laughs> the little baby wood boy. The little baby stumpling. <laughs> Mm. Is this good yeah. or bad? I this wanted is, to this... burn the woods down. So, no! <laughs> so there's an escort mission in this game, and I think anybody, I, I can immediately hear the shiver in everyone's spines listening when you hear they say, I say, say escort mission. <laughs> so it's just like you have to pretend that this little, like, woodland guy from the Kokiri Lost Woods Forest or whatever is going to go and find a temple because he's a big, brave soldier, stumpling boy, and you can't be seen. And enemies come out of everywhere. So if you make too much noise, it's like, hey, what's that? And he runs away. It's like. I'd be bad at that. Yeah. I that can't was... stealth. I cannot stealth. I, I think people fundamentally misunderstand what's fun about escort missions. Nothing. <laughs> I would agree. I yep. hate following NPCs that won't run. God. And I like Dead Rising. So you know that game's good if you can put up all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have any missions you want to speak to? That was the only one that I seriously contemplating rage quitting on because <laughs> Zelda plus escort mission does not make for good things. It literally felt like something out of a PlayStation one escort mission. And I was just like, what is this? It's 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 Majora's mask. It's dampy. <laughs> it's <laughs> through the graveyard. It's like, oh, come on. Just dig dampy. Come on. <laughs> Well, do you have one that you're happy about? You have a fond memory of? You don't got to shit on all the missions. I'm sure there was a good one if everyone likes this game. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a good one, but the giant horse. Oh, finding the, the giant horse? Yeah, getting that monstrosity of an animal. I called him Ganondorf. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Link is riding Ganondorf all across the plains of Hyrule. <laughs> was this a mission to get like a new mount in the game? Yeah. So it's a side quest you can get. Say, so, But it is like it's insane how big it is in comparison to you in the game. <laughs> and then the fact that you can register out a stable and actually like use it for the rest of the game or whatever, it is mad. 
Could you name your horse? Could you name it? Yes, you no, could. No, I just, oh, could you? I was just I was just asking like, you know, you have a new companion, you give it like a little name cuz I like to name things. Yeah. You so, didn't. Did I, you? I didn't name them personally, oh. but you Furry's big brother. horse. <laughs> big horse. And then here's my new horse, new horse 2. <laughs> And then you can go to the horse fairy if they die, which was uh, which was odd, but you know, good good to see them. Hey, horses uh, need fairies too. The horse fairy. Oh my god, could you imagine like the fairy fountains? The big the big lady comes out and it's got a, like an actual like horse mask on, and you're just like, do I give you carrots? <laughs> no, uh, my, I think my favorite mission personally was the snowboarding mission. You go up to the top of this mountain in the in the south, and there's a cabin up there. It's like, oh hey, you made it to the top of the mountain. You know, it's pretty good for sledding around here if you want to take the course. And it's like, really? And so you snowboard down the mountain and it's freaking awesome. I just wish that they flushed it out so you could do like Nash tricks and shit. (laughs) Like, that'd be so cool to be like, Link, like he's like, Link, come save me. But damn, that was a sick 900. (laughs) Wasn't in the budget. No, wasn't in the wasn't in the mind palaces of Shigeru Miyamoto and all those guys there. They're just like, who would want to do skateboard tricks in a Zelda game? Everyone, everyone, but Tony Hawk, <laughs> person. Tony Hawk belongs in every video game. I mean, come on! Oh my uh, god, yes, yes. like Tony, wanna... Ho- Tony Hawk Goldeneye. Like, you're just grinding the pyramid <laughs> on the way down, yeeting proximity mines at people. No, no, you're you're it's the third person shooter, and you're uh, oh, we're, we're describing Jack, too. That's what we're doing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love that. The I love Tony Hawk. a good one as well. Which one was that? From the ground up, where you have to rebuild the, the village. Oh yeah, and you get your uh, your very uh, flamboyant friend to help you out and rebuild all the stuff and add, make mm-hmm. additions to your house. When you stretch in wood. <laughs> also the the, the house building. Yeah, that was hi- crazy. Hylian homeowner. That was a fun one. Because like you see, Link is this feral wood woodland child, and then you're just like, wait, he has a house? That means he knows like how to sit at the table. <laughs> Like what is this? <laughs> so you have like a home base in this game then? You could you could decorate your house. Yeah, you can even hold up like you could even hold like little trophy racks for like the swords you like or the shields you like or bows and stuff. Aww. So Liz, it's almost like it was Skyrim. It's it's so weird because it serves no like game purpose. Like there's no like advantages you get or plus minuses or like, you know, you plus ten to attractiveness because you're a homeowner. <laughs> like there's nothing like that. <laughs> but it's just a cool thing to have. It, it, you you feel yeah. like you're a part of the world a bit more, and it's pretty sweet. Your sim senses are tingling over there, Liv. I can feel it. Oh, I oh, love yeah. the sim. It, it's like the same as Skyrim, though, wasn't it? Well, that didn't really serve a purpose where you could get like the houses in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. So it was like occasional, maybe a fast travel point or whatever, but it was like one of those earlier games in that type of genre that almost made you feel more part of it, I guess. Yeah, it's the... it's. It's almost as if these role-playing games are meant for you to play a specific role. I think I get it now. <laughs> and then you can take a break and sit at your house and pretend yeah. that you're eating. Street, then just go into your drawer with the thousand cheese wheels and then on Skyrim and just pick one out. You see you have 999 left. I'm running low. <laughs> but the only thing missing was the house having like an old console set up to where it was just like a little joke within the game. And you could go play like... OG Zelda within Breath of the Wild. I think that would break everyone's minds (laughs) because they're just like, what? (laughs) You're telling me Link plays video games? He's got time for that. Miyamoto, if you're listening to this, which you totally should, do that (laughs) now. He's got some time. Or your son, John Miyamoto. (laughs) Johnny Moto. Oh, I like that. So... To wrap up Breath of the Wild, do you have any critiques of the game? I know we talked about weapon durability and such. James is smirking. I want to know what you're cooking over there, my guy. I'm, I'm looking at his square right now. I'm just like, hmm. So <laughs> it was a very ambitious game, right? Like we're talking open world, Legend of Zelda. Like it appeals to everybody because from Skyrim and even some of the Fallout games, like everybody was kind of on this open world high, like kind of being able to do what you want. So I appreciate that. However, durability blows giant monkey balls. I hated, 
hated, hated having to have like 50 swords because it's just like, oh, this broke. Hopefully I can move away in time to, oh, 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 no, I'm dead. <laughs> um, and the world, as awesome as it is, it also feels a little empty. And I get that's what they were going with, with having to kind of bring the kingdom back together, so to speak. But you could have you could have filled it with more life. Like if you're going to go, if you're going to swing for the fences, like fully swing for the fences. What does that, what, would that, what does that mean by, when you say that? Like what, what would you want to see then? Oh, I'm glad you asked because I set that up just for you. Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> okay. Can you mute him for the rest of the show? That'd be great. Are you a Horizon hater? Me? I just, I think it's just boring. Really, like the most the most fun thing about Horizon right? is, is fighting the robot dinosaurs and like nothing about anything you do in the game is really about the robot dinosaurs and fighting them. You know what I mean? Are you I'm... not picking up the text and the audio logs to learn more about the, the dinosaurs and why they came to be? I mean, I'm catching up all the stuff that's like relevant to the plot and like exploring this ruined world and stuff. But like, I think there's just more to a world than just going from point to point and reading books, you know, like the most, the most fun thing about the game is fighting the robot dinosaurs, but your mission is to go to like a place and talk to a guy like, so horizon is an open world that is actually very beautiful, vibrant and interactive. Yes. has the best photo mode. Exactly. Uh, Can you cut down the trees? Oh my God. Why do you need to cut down the trees? So you can have more sticks to throw at Bokoblins. I'm not sure if throwing a stick is going to help you much at with the uh, the robot dinosaurs. Then why did she carry the stick with a glow stick on it and then go, now you're my friend. (laughs) So, like, where Breath of the Wild failed. Yes, immersive world where you can get lost, build a house, fix a village, do a god-awful escort mission. But when you literally look at the world, like even when you're towards end game and you've pretty much done everything, it's still like barren. It's like Pokemon Arceus. It's like nothing. Whereas Horizon Zero Dawn is beautiful, wonderful to look at, and has more fun to do within it. I can hop on a giant Brachiosaurus and literally just chill as it's walking in a circle as I rain death on everything. Raining death again, ladies and gentlemen. That's, uh, you know, my forte. Can you catch Pokemon in those games? Can you catch Pokemon in Zelda? No. No, but you can't. You're getting me a little heated about Horizon, so <laughs> hey, no, you don't want to bring out the side of me because I'm not nice. <laughs> I will say, I will say one more thing about Horizon before we go. How about that? Well, hold on. Before you say that, you actually can catch Pokemon in Horizon because once you corrupt the giant dinosaurs, even all the way up to the giant T Rex, you it's yours. You caught your dinosaur pokemon i respect that is it a blastoise is it a charizard (laughs) well they don't have that in breath of the wild i'm not talking about breath (laughs) of the wild we're talking about horizon i will say I, i will say what i said in the upcoming episode i did with james here horizon zero dawn and by extension forbidden west is the best possible best looking version of the worst type of open world game I don't want to talk to you anymore. So talk. <laughs> so angry. Live, live over here. Mute, 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 mute. Oh, so wrong. I still beat it. I just don't want to play Forbidden West. I was like, I'm done. I got it. Well, since this is a, since we're guests on the show, I can let your audience know on this. I have let John borrow an infinite amount of video games. He has never beat any of them with the exception of Horizon Zero Dawn. So he's basically the people who hate Nickelback but secretly love Nickelback. He loves no. Horizon Zero Dawn. What that just tells everybody is all the other games you've lent me are bad. I mean, just because you can't keep up with an RPG because you have small head. An RPG needs to keep up with me, son, okay? Look, I'm the guy from Ratatouille, all right? I don't like video games. I freaking love video games. When I don't like it, I spit it out. <laughs> mm. Oh. Well, Horizon Forbidden West is an upgrade over Horizon Zero Dawn in every facet of the way. So if I feel like you should at least give it a chance. I will consider this. I did play the opening like 
where she runs away from the main town. I got as far as that. And I was just like, mm, okay. Yeah, the opening is kind of long, to be fair. But if you really wanted to, you could just mainline the story and then really actually get into the Forbidden West. It's kind of like an entry wave that's 12 hours long, which doesn't need to be 12 hours long. But I spent 100 hours in this game, so I don't care. And <laughs> um, yeah, my first playthrough of Horizon Forbidden West is like, I'm pretty sure it's like 95 hours because I was just like, I'm going to explore everything. You played the DLC yet? Yes. I finished in like four days. (laughs) Damn. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, the DLC is about 10 or 12 hours, I think. So for for as contentious and I tell, I can tell that this is getting heated and I just want to say like, I don't really mean to yuck everybody's yum or anything like that. People can love whatever they want. I just think it's a matter of like, we're talking about two different types of video games when we talk about, Horizon Zero Dawn and things like Legend of Pokemon Arceus and Legend of Zelda, whatever. Like what you do in Breath of the Wild is more important than the things that like are around you, so to speak. So like how you experience the game, what you do is more important. A player like your player impact is more important than like the story or the lore or the logs you read and stuff. That is what is inherently engaging about those types of games. So it's just a different thing. With one being obviously better. I you? apologize for yelling at you, but <laughs> I have been yelled at by many. <laughs> I've been yelled at by many people in the past, so I totally get it. Also, James, can't believe you. I mean, I will just show everybody. Like, do I own the game? Yes. If you can see, it's invisible <laughs> layer, but it's still sealed. Horizon Zero Dawn is not. <laughs> Again, no accounting for taste. Mm. <laughs> but anyway. I think I think we were talking about critiques. I've totally lost my mind over the Horizon thing. Does anyone have any other critiques before we rate the game one to ten? I will I will throw some critiques the game's way. I think a lot of it, in terms of its actual narrative structure, for what I just did to blast Horizon and the many games of its ilk, uh, I think the way they approached it was novel and new for a Zelda game, whereas it actually has narrative elements and things to explore and things to learn. And a lot of that is built on the memory system where you go to a certain point in the map and you can remember something. So pretty much every story aspect of this game is being tell and not show. It's it's so funny how they decided to have the make to make the game that way. Whereas like you are the one fighting the monsters and going into the dungeons and saving the world, but all of the actual narrative elements that matter are things that aren't happening now. They're all in the past. And I just think it's weird how they explored it that way. I think that I think if, if they wanted to make it better, they would have you be more, I think they tried to split the difference by making you more involved with like the descendants of the original four great guardians and owners of the keeper of the dungeons and stuff, keepers of the divine beasts and all that. And they did better stuff with uh, Age of Calamity, which was like a prequel slash, you know, what if scenario within the same universe. But it also played like a Dynasty Warriors game, which I loved. So, yeah, that was a fun one. That was more fun was than good. Breath of the Wild. <sighs> Aren't you any critiques you got here? No, I I, to be fair, I think James has got a point. Like considering the, the vast size of the map big sections of it are really really empty so just like as a wildlife perspective just fill a gap like it's all right seeing a couple of horses run around here and there every now and again but surely we could have it doesn't serve any purpose although you with the cooking mechanic i guess you could eat more it's just like more wildlife or just something more along the way do we think this is a hardware problem? Do you think it's empty because of it being a Nintendo Switch game? I think maybe at the time, but no, no. It's the same hardware. What do you mean? Yeah, but it's not, it was a weird thing. Like Obviously, it's going to sound weird, but going back to like Pokemon, like Scarlet and Violet, same sort of graphic power, but there's <clears> a lot more in the vicinity of Pokemon than there is in Zelda. Okay. Okay. So you've always got like the grass moving, but then there'll be Pokemon within the grass, all the trees, and but Zelda is just like there's a tree. You ride into this barren land for a bit, and then there's another tree. <laughs> yeah, like there's no accounting for just the way people use hardware because we've had a discussions about this even on our own show, James and I, where it's like Nintendo doesn't like to operate in the sense where like we need to keep up with like the 
RTX 4080s and graphics cards and technology and stuff. We make our hardware to suit what the games we make. And then usually if they're behind, like that's, that's fine. They're Nintendo. They're the ones who make the hardware and you're going to get the hardware if you want Nintendo games, because yes, you can look at something like what Game Freak did with Scarlet and Violet and then compare it to Mario Odyssey. Inherently different games, but very similar approach to open world game design, open world platforming, or just doing the certain actions in those games. One runs significantly better. So is that a testament to just inexperienced design staff? Is it a testament to just people not knowing how to use the hardware? Or is it apathy? It could genuinely just be apathy. Like there's more that goes into what makes games. It's, go, it's the people who make the games that are eventually responsible for what the game is. And so when we have even discussions of like, well, this game needs to be on a PS5 for it to work. It's like, not necessarily. It just needs to be made with love. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, let's be real though. If Breath of the Wild was on a PS5, just imagine how much better it would have been. 120 hertz. You're such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very curious to hear what everyone's going to rate this game. One being the worst thing you've ever played in your life. Ten being James. the best thing since uh, Slice Bread. So what do we got? James, if you even go in like lower than five, I will reach through this computer screen and just stab you. <laughs> you go first, John, by all means, you spoke up. So I think I have to, I have to give it at least a solid nine out of 10 because this was the game that actually healed a very much broken heart after Skyward Sword because as someone who truly loved these games and loved the exploration and loved this feeling of adventure that these games offered even when it got more linear with the, li the link to the past and the majora's masks and the and everything in between like being able to kind of mend that broken heart was wonderful to me and i adore this game for it free what about you i feel like james is really spicy so i'm gonna keep him for last <laughs> keep him in the in the corner <laughs> oh i'm gonna let him unleash i'll go in eight eight out of ten Okay, why is that? I think most of it would probably be the fact that it is quite barren in areas, but then the weapon durability. Like, if we had a simple repair in there, it makes it a nine easy. Okay, okay. James, give it to me. My guy, give it to me. It's so, it's a big venture. It's a trying to swing it out of the park. I give Nintendo all the credit for trying something new, especially with how awful Skyward Sword was. Like, all I can tell, like, if you go and try it, Liv, find a way to play it on the Wii so you can really experience why people disliked it. Like, having to <laughs> swing your sword around and hope to God you hit an enemy was not fun. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, like, it was a giant step up. But obviously you have all heard, uh, you know, me ribbing John and Liv and I defending Horizon Zero Dawn over here. It is a it's a six out of ten. Okay. That okay. like durability sucks. Uh, you you weren't fully pushing the Switch's hardware. We've seen games like push the Switch's hardware to no end. Like a lot of these triple A games that have come over from other systems, like they push it to its limit. Like you could have pushed a little harder and you could have filled the world a lot better. And if I have to carry another 60 swords again, I'm going to have Link commit seppuku. <laughs> That's actually a new feature. They haven't advertised it very much. <laughs> oh, I love that spicy take. It's like the it's like the Ganondorf Link sex scene. The, oh, sorry that we can't talk about leaks. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> I, <laughs> so... Before we wrap up here, I want to talk about Tears of the Kingdom. No, we're not going to do any leaks. We're not going to ruin your life because this game is launching this week as we uh, release this episode. So I'm going to just read a little bit about the description on the Nintendo website for those who haven't read it. And then we'll discuss what we've seen in trailers and such. In this sequel to the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild game. You'll decide your own path through the sprawling landscapes of Hyrule and the mysterious islands floating in the vast skies above. Can you harness the power of Link's new abilities to fight back against the malevolent forces that threaten the kingdom? Dope. Can you? I feel like I already have in like seven other games, so I'll be good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so what are we looking forward to? I, I have to say it, and... 
this is a big example of a company listening. So that whole durability thing, is it still here? Yes, but when your thing is almost broken, can you fuse it with a rock and just refresh your durability now? Also, yes. Yes. We may not be able to repair our stuff, but I can now make a rock hammer sword and I can just go full on metal with you and just be like, do Donkey Kong hammer on them. I think like that's the one thing I saw in the trailers where I'm like, oh my God, I actually want crafting in a video game. I infamously just hate things like crafting systems in video games because I think they're just padding for padding's sake. But like when you, it, it just seems like the natural extension of like the, you know, pick up anything and use it as a weapon. It's like, now you have a club. Now you could, I, I'm wondering how far that will go. Where like, what if you go mm. to a fire or a forge or something and you can make like a short ax or a hatchet or a throwing thing. Like that's the kind of stuff where it builds off of the first game where you had this really simple mechanic that you could stack with other things to make it so it's something completely different. And then you can, now you can make vehicles and generators and all this other stuff to make like a power boat, not to mention all the new, like the, the, the slate, like the, the Sheikah slate stuff where like you can go through ceilings and like, Oh man, I'm getting covered by goblins. I'll just jump through the ceiling and get out of here. Like that kind of stuff. It just allows for more freedom, more freedom of movement, more exploration and more potential to find amazing stuff. So again, the inherent appeal of the game, the exploration, having your own experience with it and finding crazy stuff and doing crazy stuff in it is only going to get crazier. So I'm there for it. Brie, what have you seen in the trailers that you're looking forward to? They've covered it all, to be fair. It is (laughs) everything but better. So are we all anticipating that this game's going to be better than Breath of the Wild? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, I can make a unicycle that runs on rocks that literally smashes as I'm going forward. That is going to be awesome. I, the, the thing I genuinely want from this game is to surprise me. So if you can make that unicycle, I want you to be able to like play an accordion as you ride around and like piss off monsters. <laughs> hey, they literally said you can make anything and they will allow it. Nice. So if I want to make a stick that branches out with like 15 sticks and rocks, better let me do this you you promise big now let me have my super hydra hammer (laughs) he has rain to fire down upon everyone it's like the idea of you seeing ganon in the distance like hey hey (laughs) oi wake up (laughs) he's so far i'm just gonna keep attaching these sticks and rocks he can't see me because i'm so far away And then the boss health bar just goes down like a tick like what he stub his toe like what the hell just happened (laughs) this darn rock oh and heaven forbid we not mention the story because the whole first game was unraveling this mystery of where you are in this hundred year timeline absence since what happened at the cataclysm and the calamity ganon now we're potentially going to see the end of that story so the thing that i complained the most about in the first game whereas like you're basically just putting the pieces together now the pieces are together hopefully and you can solve the puzzle and live the puzzle that you solve so i'm looking forward to that is this a day one purchase for everyone here? Yes. Yeah. James? <laughs> I mean, so there's a lot of things coming out this month. Um, oh, so... yeah, Dead Island 2. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Mugen Souls through Play Asia. I have my Final Fantasy Pixel remasters from Play Asia coming here. Square, fuck you. And your stupid <laughs> midnight release of a hyper limited edition to where nobody could get it. Like, who releases something at 2 in the morning? Fuck you, Square, uh, so for that. Someone who is headquartered in Japan, maybe? <laughs> I mean, every other launch was literally off of Pacific time. So, yeah. So maybe they just did it to spite you. How do you feel? <laughs> so I may pick it up day one, but my backlog is um, at least 300 games long right now. So, yeah. I'll check in in, like, five years. <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say, when's the when's the next episode we collab together? It's called James Intervention. <laughs> we have several friends that buy games just to have them and not play them. <laughs> I will eventually play it. So you said you missed out on quite a lot, Liv. Like I sold my soul to WoW from 2004 to 2011. <sighs> Literally, like picture working 40 hours, rating 40 hours had everything you can imagine in the top 100 worldwide guilds like that was my life and now coming back to it 
with all of the RPGs I missed out on, I'm just like, hmm, well, I know what I'm doing till the day I die. There you go. He's busy. He's a busy man. I spoke to Fruy on that. The, the raids. The raids yeah, get him on these. The uh... days. Is your epitaph just going to be Kiraga? Kiraga, please. Phoenix down, please. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm still okay. <laughs> oh, I'll ruin the. I'll rain on the parade. I'm not buying it. They want a busy, a busy girl. Also, I'm super excited for games that are coming out next month, which are going to take over my life. So. Oh yeah, don't get me started on Final Fantasy 16. That's. That I was. Out, mine yeah. is a. It's a wonderful life story of seasons game that's coming out because I loved Harvest Moon as a child. I'm so excited. Oh, mm. uh, are you? Are you gonna buy that game? It's a wonderful life. Yeah. Good. We'll have an episode on it. I'm very excited. Oh, okay. Do not sigh at me, sir. Okay. So. <laughs> Look, they, everybody knows that Stardew Valley came out, and you need to not don't need to make any other games again. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful life from the GameCube was one of my favorite games growing up, and they're remaking it. They're gonna add stuff. Okay. You know, I'm gonna wrap it up here. So. <laughs> it's, it's really it's really nice to be around someone who's genuinely excited about playing video games because usually I'm around James. It's like dang. I have a lot of passion in my heart. Did you it. get dropped on your head, John? Like, what? Nah, I think you just like video games as some kind of weird status symbol to lord over me. So, I'm calling Before you a you guys... poser, James. <laughs> Before you guys tear each other apart, I would like to thank you guys for coming on today to talk about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, Games with John and James, let everyone know where they can find you. And tell them uh, just a little bit about your show. All right, James, if you would like to take the lead, you are the showman. So you can find us on Instagram at Games with John and James. Uh, same for YouTube. We are also on Twitter at Games with J and J. Uh, my Facebook has been fully converted to literally just be for the podcast. So just search for James Crow and you will find tons of awesome stuff. We are also working with Liv and John. So another big surprise, we're part of Podcasters United. You can read all of our articles on quitthebuild.com. Every month we have a new awesome topic. This, this month has been top five and top 10 games from consoles. So John's article will be coming out very soon. Liv's article is live. You need to go read it. If you like GameCube and you don't read it, well, you should quit gaming and, you know, go play Pog or something. What's the, what's the GameCube? Go away. <laughs> uh, this is actually just games with James. John just got murked. Uh, <laughs> Can we get some post like some post effects? You just laser eye me in the square, and it's just a, just an empty square for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happened when we were talking about Horizon. So. <laughs> oh. So I got two targets on my back. It's like, cool, I can dodge twice as fast. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy to say, Liv and I both agree that Horizon Zero Dawn is the better game. Uh, and Fury, there you, you have it. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on today. It was a lot of fun. I, I need an ally. Furry, what do you think about Horizon? Please help me. <laughs> I'm staying at this one. Oh, God. <laughs> He's a smart man. <laughs> Thank you to Games with John and James for joining us today to talk about Breath of the Wild and looking forward to Tears of the Kingdom. Make sure to go check them out. It was a great conversation as I learned so much about Zelda. And, you know, maybe one day I'll play a Zelda game. Maybe one day I won't. We'll see. Free says no, but he's he's very excited for Tears of the Kingdom. Before I send you off until Friday, I want to give a quick little shout out to our very first patron over on our newly announced Patreon page. Spyro is a dragon, which is his username or her username. And I like that your username is a fact. You are our first patron. So this section is going to be a little extended. I love you. Thank you for supporting Between Two Gamers. Free, do you have anything to say to our friend Spyro is a dragon? No, he just shows up to 99% of my streams, so it's nice to have you aboard. Ah, it's a free friend! Free friend! Ah, oh, I love that. So thank you, Spyro is a Dragon, for supporting us. And if you missed the memo over on last week's episode of The Buzz Between, we have launched a new Patreon. So check that out if you want to support Between Two Gamers grow into its glory. 
I'm going to work on my my shout outs every week, but I'm sure they'll get more and more enthusiastic or crazier as time passes. So (laughs) anything you want to say for me before I wrap it up? No, all good. (laughs) Maybe Faree will sing you a song. Who's to say? I don't know why I said that. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Between Two Gamers. Tune in Friday for the buzz between. You can follow this podcast on all podcasting platforms. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Between Two Gamers. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on Friday. (laughs) 